Peace Misfits. This week I begin a new series here on THS, which I've named Healers and Healing. During this series, you'll hear from life teachers around the world who seek to guide and educate via their skills within the wellness world, as well as souls who have gone through or are going through a life-shifting healing process. The healers will educate you on their particular area of expertise through storytelling, while those who are healing will do the same through their lived experiences and what the healing process has and continues to look like for them. My hope is that each story you hear in this series will help you to open your eyes to new ideas in wellness and an understanding that you are not alone. We are all healing and capable of being healers. So let's start this new journey and see what this new level of wellness looks like. Free your mind, misfits. And let's get healed. Janice B is a Reiki master teacher and crystal healer. She's also someone I consider to be a big sister in what I call my sister circle, who I've been blessed to know for over a decade. In her work, she provides Reiki treatments, instruction and certification, energy clearing, chakra balancing, and much more. She is my sister in being clairsentient and has a deep passion for healing others and empowering them to heal themselves as well. My Scorpio Sistrin is also an international singer-songwriter and has found unique and creative ways to intertwine her wellness walk with her music. She'll explain that and so much more now as we take a listen to the first story in our Healers and Healing series. Misfits, here is Janice B. I began my study of Reiki in 2016, and in January 2017, I was certified as a Reiki master teacher, which is the highest level of certification in Usui Reiki. Um, Reiki is a Japanese technique for stress reduction and relaxation, and it also promotes healing. It's usually administered by laying on of hands, and it channels life force energy, which is the energy that's believed to flow through all living things. The word Reiki is made up of two Japanese words, Rei, which kind of uh, translates to God's wisdom or higher power, and Ki, which is kind of like Chinese and Qi, which Japanese it's Ki, which means life force energy. So it's technically spiritually guided life force energy. That's what we're dealing with. Um, anyone can do Reiki. Anyone can learn Reiki. It's not some magic thing. It's not, it's not any kind of thing you have to join or be a part of. It's just a technique that anyone can learn to do. Um, people often ask me how I got into doing Reiki. And I don't really think I have a clear-cut answer for that. It's been an ongoing journey. I'm still navigating it. Um, the more I learn... The more I work on healing myself, the more I look inward, the clearer it becomes to me that I'm moving in the right direction. So I'm just uh, going with the flow of that right now. Um, it's definitely taken me over 50 years. But, you know, I'm here now. I'm walking. I feel like I'm walking fully in my purpose. And I feel like that purpose is to help other people. Reiki is just one of the tools that I use to do that. And I want to help people 
navigate their own healing journey so that as a group, we can heal the world. (laughs) And, you know, that sounds like a really bold statement, a very arrogant, I'm going to heal the world statement. But I do honestly believe that that process starts with us. There's no other way to, you know, make the change So in, in the things you're seeing in the world until you look inside yourself and find um, what needs to be healed in you and then carry on and, you know, bring other people up into that as well. Um, it's kind of interesting that I'm doing this because I've always, it sounds hilarious to say this now, but I've always been very shy. As a child, I was very, very shy. I was very much um, a loner. Um, I'm an only child. I was born in D.C. I grew up um, in a community called Forest Heights, which is in PG County in Maryland, and it's right outside of the southeast D.C. line. Um which is now kind of what they call National Harbor areas there. But um, I was pretty shy as a child. I was creative um, and imaginative and probably a little weird. (laughs) I definitely um, didn't always relate to other kids and what they wanted to do and the things that they wanted to play and and that kind of stuff, you know, as as a small child. But I do distinctly remember knowing things. I remember just knowing when things were going to happen and knowing things about people and not really understanding what that meant. And that is something that has kind of come to the front for me as a Reiki master now. Um, I know that back then, I can look back now and know that, you know, I had dreams that I had, or people were trying to talk to me in those dreams when I was a child. And I didn't know these people, and the dreams scared me because I was little. I didn't know what was going on. Um, I have, you know, recently learned from colleagues who are psychic mediums that this was probably spirits, uh, entities trying to communicate from the other side because they knew I was open. I was an intuitive child, and I didn't know what that meant. So that was definitely um, a part of my, I guess, evolution into what I'm doing now, even at that small age, to know you just know that things are going to happen, but you don't understand it from a child's perspective. Um, I didn't know, you know, what that meant. But I always had a fascination with um, what some would consider the dark side of things, you know, graveyards, <laughs> the dead, scary stories, all that kind of stuff was always fascinating to me, even when I was really little. And there was no reason for it to be. It wasn't anything that I saw. My parents, you know, certainly did not, you know, expose me to that. It was just something that I was really drawn to, Um and my mom always joked that when she would visit my elementary school for the open house nights and she would, you know, see the artwork that your kids mm-hmm. have done and things like that, um, no one had to tell her which artwork was mine because while all the other kids had pictures of their families and flowers and their dogs and things like that, all of my drawings were of graveyards and ghosts. <laughs> like That was always me, and I've always been that way. And it's probably the beginning of my... Um, I don't know, openness with other realms and other things. It was I was always interested for me in the macabre and just what happens to people when they die and things like that. As I got older, um, I would have incidents where someone's name would come into my mind and I would feel this like horrible sadness. Um, you know, and later to find out that that person maybe passed away or someone in their family had passed away or something bad had happened. It was usually something dark associated with that. And um, these events, the incidents kind of happened a lot. I would know things about people. I would um, sometimes they'd be be something they they were trying to hide. It was always something kind of dark or painful, but I would feel it from them, and I would just know it. I would know what's going on with them. Um, 
And, you know, although you would think that something like that would really disrupt my life, I, I don't think it really did. It was just normal to me. It was something that I didn't even really talk about that much until later in life. It was just a regular occurrence for me. And it was just like, oh, wow, that's really <laughs> wild. But it happened so often that I just, it was a part of my normal existence. So it really wasn't any kind of a gift or anything special to me at the time. It really wasn't until I was in my 40s that I even learned the term empath, and which is a person who can feel what other people feel. And it's usually a negatively negative effect on you. Like you can kind of, you're overwhelmed by their energy. Um, you know, this term has really become way too popular on social media. Everybody's an empath. Everybody's posting memes about being an empath and all of this. And I really don't think that everyone is an empath. I think that that term is really used way too much. Um, you can be sensitive to energy, but you can be sensitive to energy for other reasons. Maybe you've been traumatized. Maybe things have happened to you. And honestly, everybody, I, I believe all humans have some empathetic traits. We all have a way of connecting with people and feeling other people's energies around us. So I think a true empath is rare. And I don't really even think that that's what I am. I feel like I may have those traits, but... I don't necessarily call myself an empath like that. Um, I feel things, I know things, but I'm good. I don't, it's not affecting me in a negative way. So it really wasn't, oh gosh, until 2016 when I was taking my very first Reiki class. That was level one. And I was introduced to the term clairsentience, which is the ability to feel things clearly. We know clairvoyance, we've heard that term, which I knew really well that you see things that other people don't see that aren't there to the human eye. Um, or you have visions and you can kind of see what's going to happen to things. For me, it's clear sentience. I feel what has happened. So it's not just walking into a room and feeling people or feeling their energy. It's having an experience where I feel a sadness and a name is attached to it or a face is attached to it or it's somebody that I don't even know or it's somebody that um, I haven't talked to in decades, and I find out later that they passed away, or their father passed away, or I see their house, and I see their kitchen, and I see people who are sad, and this is different than walking in and feeling someone's energy. These are specific things that come to me as a clairsentient, and when I learned that term, it explained so many things for me. Um, my teacher was telling me, you know, what that means, and, and it just kind of put everything into perspective from the past. She was absolutely right. It's a combination of avoidance and clairsentience, feeling sadness, um, and like I said, having someone's name up in your head. So I'm, I'm a clairsentient. That's what I am. I'm not really a true empath. I'm a clairsentient and probably clairvoyant. I'm, you know, constantly learning about that and working on that part of me. <laughs> um, the veil between those worlds, they always talk about the veil between the world of the living and the dead, um, kind of started to thin for me, I think. Even more, when my father passed away in 2014, he was very, very, very intuitive. And he and I had like an unspoken communication all my whole life with him. So when he passed, he started to appear to me in many ways and mainly around caring for my mother. But he wanted to make sure my mom was okay. So I would feel him around and I would talk to him. And it was kind of my first experience really using that energy that's there when people pass on and feeling them around you and being able to harness that and, and use it for good. Um, when my mom was in hospice in my home in 2016, so two years later, and she was, you know, 
transitioning, I had my real first experience using crystals. I didn't even, I wasn't doing Reiki then. This was all kind of an awakening for me that slowly happened. Um, but I used crystals with those spirit connections for the very first time when my mom was in hospice. Um, the nurse had determined that my mom was, they call it actively dying when you're, you know, you can be in hospice for years. It just Hospice just means there's no treatment for you to get better. So you can be in hospice for years, but my mom was really only in it for a couple of weeks and she just wound down one evening. And when the nurse came, they said she was actively dying. So the nurse told me that it could be days. It could be weeks. She could be in this state. And in my head, I was like, no, she is not going to lay here for weeks. That is not going to happen. So I got my crystals <laughs> <laughs> when everybody left, which was, uh, at that time I had a piece of angelite and a crystal, a clear quartz pyramid, which were two of my highest vibrational crystals to reach, you know, angelic realms to talk to, um, to, to connect to the divine source. And I told my dad, I said, come get her. I held these crystals over her and I said, come get her. And I, I think I said, come get your girl. <laughs> Don't let her lay here. She's ready and she needs to go with you. So that evening, within hours, she took her last breath. And I know my dad came and took her. I know he was like, come on, let's go. Because he, we weren't going to let her lay here. And I really felt clearly his guidance. And I felt that, that connection with him to be able to make this transition easier for her. Um, so that, you know, was definitely a part of awakening that side of me more for Reiki and, and healing and crystals and all the stuff that I do now um but my Reiki journey began soon after that so my mom passed in April of 2016 and I was certified in level one Reiki in June of 2016 and you know I hadn't really even thought about Reiki before that I had had um Reiki treatments I knew they worked great but I don't know exactly what led me to that path but it just felt right to me it felt like that's where I belonged um I think also prior to that, and this seems like really out of context time-wise, because this would have been 2015, another factor that really played greatly in my journey towards the healing arts in general was the Baltimore Uprising in 2015. Um, at the time, you know, I had been working finance jobs for almost 12 years, corporate, even though I was intuitive and creative and a songwriter and musician and all this, I had been working corporate nine to five finance jobs. And here I'm sitting in a cubicle, you know, at the time when this uprising was going on, the Freddie Gray um, verdict, and I was a part of Baltimore, but far enough away from the city that it didn't really impact me in my you know, geographical area, which was also weird to me. And I felt but, you know, these were my friends. These were my, I'm a Baltimore musician of 10 years. Baltimore is my home. It's my creative home. My creative family, you know, they were hurting. My friends were in the streets marching. The city was on lockdown. There was just complete chaos going on. And I felt the emotion as I was sentient. I felt the anger. And I just really honestly felt helpless. I felt like what, you know, I'm doing nothing. I'm sitting here doing nothing in this job, which was at the time very toxic. I had a very toxic uh, manager. And I just felt like, you know, here I'm sitting here and everyone else is taking action and I don't know what I can do to help. So um, as more, you know, more, more incidents happened over 
the years with police brutality, case after case, you know, injustice, racial tension, just all this upheaval rising, um, I just felt more compelled to do something. And I'm, I'm just not a protester. <laughs> just not, I'm not the person that's going to be out in D.C. on the streets wearing a pink hat with a megaphone. It's just not who I am. And it's not where I fall in naturally and where I think I can do the most work. Those things are definitely needed. It's just not my lane. And I, I think it's important to know where you fit in 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 your journey and in, in your world where where your place is you can't do everything but you can do what you do well and, and make sure you make an impact in that lane you know it's like i work in the dark <laughs> i'm always on the dark side of things i understand the dark side i feel it and i bring light to it i bring light to dark places that's what i do and that's what reiki does and becoming a reiki master and a crystal healer allowed me to help people. And it was people, you know, who had been traumatized, people who were down, people who had suffered or survived, you know, abuse earlier in their life, or maybe even recently, people who were dealing with this uprising, people who were doing the work, who were out fighting, who were, you know, directly impacted, people who are oppressed, people who deal with the dark side of things all the time. Those were my people. And Reiki helped me help them. And that was kind of the beginning, part of the beginning, along with the understanding of the other side, of, you know, my parents passing, this awakening, veil lifting. I just kept moving in that direction. Um, my ability, I think, to feel that pain, to understand it and feel the darkness, to feel ancestors and spirits, um, it's a great advantage in the world of energy healing, you know. So this was my way of doing something. And... I quit my nine to five job at the end of 2016, which was huge. You know, I was 51 <laughs> and I quit. I worked my whole life and I just quit because I, I knew this was where I had to go. And I know everybody can't do that feasibly. For me, everything fell into place and it was even more of a confirmation that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is where I'm supposed to be. Um, so I quit my job, you know, for my own healing, my own peace of mind, to spend more time with my son and my family and, and to devote as much time as possible to this newfound purpose, which was helping people um, heal the world, really heal themselves and heal the world. You know, I don't heal people. I clear them and I hold space for their highest good and I help them find their way for their own healing. You know, as a master teacher, I also teach other people to do Reiki on themselves, on their family, on their friends, um, and, you know, even they take on clients, they become Reiki practitioners and Reiki masters. I have a lot of students now, a lot of people who are colleagues now because I've taught them and they have, you know, received that certification as Reiki master. I just, I really believe that we all have a great power inside of us and we're connected, you know, in so many ways. It's like we have so much light and just infinite possibilities. And I feel like Reiki has really opened me up to that knowledge. Um, I'm still learning. I'm still navigating it. I'm still healing myself. Anybody who tells you, you know, they're a healer or they're enlightened or <laughs> they're, they're beyond any healing is, is a liar because I would definitely stay away from that kind of person. We're on a constant journey of healing, all of us, no matter how. We, some of us may be a little bit farther along, but we all have different things inside of us. You know, we're all 
different experiences. We're in human form. We're, we're divine light in human form. <laughs> as long as we're in human form, we're never going to be that healed where we can just, you know, be condescending and, and be above people. We're all on a journey together. And that's a really important thing to understand that we're not, we're not ever done healing. It's always a process. Um, but I will say, you know, that Reiki changed me for the better. I just, I don't get angry at the little things that used to bother me. My, my perception of everything has changed. I'm definitely freer. I see people not as an aggravation to me, someone who's moving slow, someone who's rude, someone who's racist. I look at them as somebody who's hurting and needs to be healed. And it, it's not about me anymore, right? It's about each person needs to find their own way so as with this you know new perception i can help more people um i'm not taking things personally from people i know that we're all imperfect and we're all doing our best and we can all help each other um i feel like i'm able to see the dark and the light in people and help them find their way you know it's like i'm a totally different person i think for me it opened up a clearer understanding of my clear sentience and how that would help with my reiki practice and for the record, you know, Reiki doesn't miraculously change you, <laughs> but it relaxes you and it gives blockages and it aligns you and it brings things to the surface so that you can deal with them and start the healing process. So it's a continuous process of healing. And when you're aligned and relaxed and you're operating and navigating life in a higher vibration, you can do more things. Things look different. From that perspective, everything looks different and everything is possible. We're all hopefully seeking to evolve in this life. And for those of us who seek to heal, that evolution will indeed manifest in very different ways. Janice's evolution with Reiki led her to become a master teacher, educating and helping to mold others to become Reiki teachers as well. She also created the Healing Flame Collective, which literally combines all of her loves within music and wellness. She is truly a force of nature. Today, I have put my newfound purpose into several projects. Um, in 2017, I started combining my music and my healing worlds, combining everything that I do into one project, one package. Um, I have quite a few CDs out. I have quite a few singles out. I've been writing songs and recording and performing for over 10 years. Um, but my fourth studio CD was called Mantra, and that was the beginning of the process of combining everything. It contains um, lyrical, soulful songs with Tibetan chants, with healing vibrations, and with lyrics that had healing intentions behind them. And an intention is huge in energy work intention is huge in everything really but um the intention you put into things is what empowers them and what manifests things for you and changes the vibration around you so i wanted to put that into a cd along with reiki and actually reiki the music and reiki the tracks and reiki the project so everything was at the highest vibration possible for me and for the person listening to it um <clears throat> it was designed so you could really like listen to the CD and just receive the healing benefits just by listening to it. You didn't have to do anything. And I think that right now the way the world is, people want something to help them 
they're looking for something to feel better, but they don't always have time to go in for a Reiki session or to go in for, you know, raw meditation or whatever it is. We're all kind of too busy to do everything we want to do. And this was just one way of putting it into something physical that they could listen to and at least receive some temporary healing benefits. Um, I had been, sounds kind of, I guess, hokey, but I had been advised by three different intuitives or psychics or whatever you want to call them before, you know, any of this stuff happened, that I would eventually have my worlds come together, that I would not be able to keep music and Reiki and healing separate. It would all come together because that's what I'm supposed to be doing. And the universe was waiting for me to do it. I was like, wow, it's <laughs> really awesome. But <laughs> music and healing would be one. And, you know, until that point, I had everything separate. I had a separate website for music, a separate website for Reiki. I, had separate, I still have some separate, you know, uh, social media pages, but everything is slowly coming together. So all those psychics need a new word because they were right. <laughs> but last year, um, 2018, I created a 30 minutes, about 30 minute experience, not a song an experience called the soul light journey and it combines guided meditation with music with chakra alignment sound healing balance vibrations and a reiki session within that experience that 30 minute experience with a live band experience so we did this with in front of an audience and i my goal was to have people come out and where they would normally come out to hear us do a gig or sing songs or sing Sade or whatever, <laughs> they would now come out for maybe an hour or two hours. They would, you know, online, get their yoga mats down, get their blankets down, get their cushions down on the floor. And we would do this soul light journey experience for them. And they would feel better when they left. And I was like, how awesome is this that we can do this, that we can take this places like we would with a band. So I formed a group of like-minded artists and healers and musicians to help bring this to life. This was separate from Janice B. Music World. This was separate from all the other music I've done. This is a different project for my new purpose that I, I'm falling into <laughs> or stepping into. And um, I called the group the Healing Flame Collective. So we as a group present the Solite Journey and, you know, and the healing modalities to venues, to audiences, to um, anybody who wants to come and hear us. So that's been our mission now. Um, we're currently taking the Soul Light journey to different places with new audiences to help more people, to help more people heal themselves and get in that mindset and an alignment where they can be at their highest vibration. Um, I know that when you're healing and you're you feel like you're confidently walking in your purpose, you feel good. You know, you feel life is different. You're able to navigate life from a positive place. And my goal is really for everybody to feel that way. That's that's what I want. And, you know, what if everybody was operating at their highest, healthiest vibration? What would it look like? You know, can you imagine like, what would it look like if people weren't suffering from past traumas and weren't carrying anger and carrying things with them? The things that happen to you, they don't even have to directly happen to you. They can happen to your family and you still deal with the trauma from that. What if we were all able to work through that and heal that the whole world would really be a different place. And I just want us to be there. That's really what I want. Um, I, I'm sure, I surely can't do it alone, you know, but it's definitely what I want to see. And I know 
that healing takes work. You know, it's not all namaste and rainbows. <laughs> there are people that think that though you know they get they start to feel good they get enlightened they do yoga they want to tell everybody about it and everything's great and just be positive and that's not really how it works you know healing is venturing into dark places inside of you and looking at things that can be difficult to face um think about ourselves that we need to heal and the only way the only only way to start this is to look inward that's always the first step to changing everything you have to slow down you breathe, you look inward, you be still. That's the only way to start the process. I don't care what anybody says. I believe that very strongly. Um, you can take 5 million classes. You can get acupuncture. You can do it. But if you do not stop and pause and breathe and work on yourself and look at the things that trigger you, that's the only way to start. You have to do it that way. And I feel like there's a mass awakening going on i think everybody feels that it's all over the place you know we see it we have much more access to information now we see people posting all these positive messages and healers and yogis and herbalists and just every everybody's getting into this and it feels like you know everybody's jumping on this healing train but the reason is is because everybody needs to be healed there's, there are people that need to be healed. So everyone's moving in that direction. People are waking up. And I think, you know, maybe a result of the current political climate, I'm sure has a lot to do with it. Um, maybe our outrage and frustration just with the world in general, a lot of people are looking for ways to deal with it. They're, they need to deal with this upheaval. It's taking a toll on their body. It's taking a toll on their families. Racism, justice, violence, discrimination, trauma, family trauma, all of that stuff. You know, the world's in pain, and, that, and those are the reasons why. But to fix it, we have to look inside. That's what we have to do. Um, but people are rising up, you know, I feel like it's, I'm, I'm certainly not the only person who has had an awakening and has changed their whole life, you know, um, people want answers, they want a solution, but the world is really just reflecting who we are, so no matter what you do, what action you take, it all starts the same way. You have to look inward. You have to heal yourself first. There's nothing else. There's no other way. You don't have to do it alone. You know, it's not, it's a daunting task and it's, it's something that when you start that process and when you realize that's what you need to do, um, sometimes you're going to need help. It's not about, everything can't be always holistic. Sometimes you really have to seek help. If you need to seek a therapist, seek out a therapist. That's what you need. It's a part of the toolbox. Consider it a healing toolbox. And if therapy is a part of that, go for it. Get the help you need to get to be your highest self, your your highest vibrational self, whatever it takes. Um, sometimes it's just too much to do alone. You know, reach out, get what tools you need, and find your way to the light. That's the way it works. Um, holistic help is always there. You know, Reiki, healing touch is another modality, meditation, alignment. They can be a part of the overall healing toolbox that you have. And I guess the message that I have is that it's really never too late to start that process of change and healing. It's never too late for you. Time is a man-made concept. <laughs> People don't really understand that. Our spirit is timeless. Um, our energy is timeless. We do not have to conform to the times that are set by man, right? We don't have to. We're not too old for something or too young for something or, or it's, it's, you know, we're past our prime. There is no prime. <laughs> your life is your prime, right? So you need to really understand that there's no such thing as too late 
to start walking in your purpose. Um, just for frame of reference, I was 44 when I released my first CD. Um, I was 51 when I took my first Reiki class. Um, when I learned at that time, the whole lifetime of knowing things, 51 years of knowing and feeling things had a name, clairsentience. I didn't know that before then. I was 51. Um, 52. When I became a Reiki master teacher, and you know, I'm still moving, I'm still healing myself, I'm still teaching people how to do the same, and I feel like that's where I belong. Um, it's a circle of light for me, that's kind of the way I look at it. It's a tribe of people, it's a circle of light, and it's growing, like with each person that starts their own healing journey, that circle of light grows, and as it grows, it reaches out, and it, it changes the vibration. If everyone is in that vibration, then the world changes because we're the world. That's what, what we do. This is what we reflect. So if we're feeling good, healing ourselves, operating at a higher level, looking at things from a different place, if we're all there, then the world has changed and the world is healed. And that's the goal. And, you know, just know it's never too late. It's not too late. You can always make the change and, and make that movement to awaken that part of you and find your purpose in life. It's never, ever too late. It's never too late. What an important gem to leave all of you misfits with. It's never, ever too late. Don't limit yourself to time and put a cap on your potential of greatness. You are capable of great things. Believe that. Own that. Thank you so much to Janice B for being the first to step up to the plate for this healers and healing class. I look forward to seeing where this series goes. Thank you for listening, Misfits. And until next time, namaste.